Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. How's everyone doing today? Happy Thursday. Means there's football today. And what is up? How's it going, Sean? Welcome to chat. Uh, this is going to be an exciting episode. I'm looking forward to talking everything's 49ers. And since it's Q&A, let me know what you guys have to say. I'll get into all the questions that you guys have. Uh, but there are some questions for the 49ers as well. What's up, David Campbell? How's it going? Of course, there's a game tonight, so we're sneaking it in before the game. Uh, the game tonight between the Broncos and the Colts. I don't know how many people are super excited about that one. I bet before the season, more people thought Matt Ryan and the Colts team was going to be good. But uh, 49ers have some things going on because they still have some injury things going on. And what's up, Spy Nick Danger? Welcome to chat. Uh, the biggest, of course, is the two interior defensive tackles. Javon Kinlaw and Eric Armstead still are not practicing. I think those are concerns. We'll see what they end up doing. But I have some thoughts about exactly how they handle this. They showed a little bit of that last week against the Rams. Uh, so what is up, 40 Hours Faithful? How's it going? Um, hope you guys are all having a good one. Sean as well. Uh, glad you guys are in chat. And things are going good. I'm, I'm excited about 49ers football. That was a huge win against the Los Angeles Rams, and I think it changed the outlook for a lot of fans. I'm super excited about this opportunity to play Carolina and then play Atlanta. The 49ers have an opportunity to get this thing to 4-2, and two before they play Kansas City, which would be fantastic. But this interior defensive line, they got these two guys out, and they need to make a decision about how they handle it. Last week, they used Kerry Hyder and Charles Amini, who's some on the inside. Hyder had mixed results. He competes really tough, uh, but he gives up some size on the interior because he went back to the body that he needed to have to play outside, where last year for the 
the Seahawks, he put on weight and got to 300 pounds. So he's a different style of player than they'll have playing the interior. They could elevate Hicks as well. But if they don't have both of them, Armstead and Kinlaw, it changes the rotation a lot. If they have one of them, it makes it a lot easier. And what's up, Thomas? How's it going? Thomas with a question already. So I'll hop into it real quick. Says, hey, TCC, who do you think will play at left tackle? I think it's going to be Jalen Moore. Kyle Shanahan kind of said it was going to be Moore. He said Brunskill is always a possibility. Um, but I think they're going to go with Moore. And, and Moore's play last week against the Rams was way better than it was in Denver. I think it was also a different situation. When you know that you're going to start from the beginning of the game, you can prepare yourself as an offensive lineman. You tell him, a young guy, be prepared in case your number's called. It's not always the easiest thing to do. Um, so I think he went in there with that. But also Kyle Shanahan went into that game against Denver thinking he was going to have Trent Williams to take care of Bradley Chubb and those edge rushers there. And when he went out, they didn't have a game plan set in for chips, uh, guys to pull, for help from Kyle Juszczyk. All those things weren't in, involved in the game plan because you thought you had Trent Williams as a staple left tackle. But when that didn't happen, you weren't able to get around it. Now, this week you went into the game, I'm sorry, against the Rams with Colton McKivitz as the starter. So you knew you wanted to give him help sometimes. You wanted to ease things on him a little bit. You know he was a pretty good player. Uh, but you do things to help him out. You move the pocket. You get the run game going. And I think that's what they're going to do with Jalen Moore. They're going to find a variety of different ways to ease the pressure on him. Try not to keep him in traditional pass sets where he could get exposed, especially on interior pass rush moves, which have been his problem so far this year. I think that's how they go about it. Um, and they've got Brunskill just in case. They got Blake Hans just in case something goes wrong with Jalen Moore. But I'm hoping the young kid can do it. You know, let's see if he can have his worst moment this year and also his best. Maybe he'll come out and surprise us. He has started games for the 49ers before. Last year in Week 10 against the Rams, he did a pretty good job at right tackle. 49ers Faithful says, think we will be fine missing both Kinlaw and Armstead for the next two weeks. This week especially, um, because I don't think they plan on running Christian McCaffrey up the middle 20 times. I, just, I don't think that's a part of their game plan. You know, watching their film, I'm doing the scouting report video. I was doing all the research today. The scouting report video I'm going to record in a little while, and then I'm going to post it up on Patreon. Uh it's it, you know the offense is kind of you understand what you're seeing by formation it kind of gives it away a little bit uh it's a basic offense and you know i think that when it comes down to it you're right the run game is probably not something you worry about internally as far as up the middle uh they could have a little bit of effect on the pass because armstead and kinlaw are better pass rushers than ridgeway um and kevin Givens. but i think that you can definitely get by a carolina now atlanta would be a lot more difficult if they had cordero patterson they don't so it's going to change some things up there. Uh, but I think the, the 49ers definitely could get through the next two games without them when they really need them against, against Kansas City. It's going to be all hands on deck against Kansas City. Hey, yo, what's up, Jan? How's it going? Uh, welcome to chat. Always love when Jan comes through. Sean says, hoping this is the game our second half offense gets going. It could potentially. If you watch the pre the game preview show that I put out earlier, my wild that's full predictions, the 49ers are going to create three turnovers and the four yards offense is going to capitalize on those turnovers. Uh, the defensive part is probably not a, a bold prediction, but the offense capitalizing on all three is. I just think this is going to be a, a, a Niners game where they can put it together now. Carolina's defense is no joke. They got talent all over the place. Uh, of course, everyone talks Brian Burns, and a lot of that has to do with the SF Niners. Brad uh, Graham always talking Brian Burns during the offseason about the trade for Jimmy for Burns. That got him on everyone's radar, but... I'm a Florida State fan, so I've been watching Brian Burns since he first got to Florida State. He's a very talented guy, extremely athletic, and brings the pressure. And he's got that length to be able to get leverage. He's difficult to go against. 
That is a problem for Jalen Moore, and that's why they have to scheme it up. Uh, they also have Shaq Thompson. Shaq Thompson's a guy that played at Grant High School right in my backyard in Sacramento. I'm about 30 minutes from there. So I watched Shaq Thompson play throughout his high school career as well before he went to Washington and had a really good career there as well. He's a very talented football player with a lot of speed. This Carolina defense is built on speed and interior uh, strength. They they can take on double teams and be able to shed them. So uh, pretty good defense, of course. You know, you, you got you got different guys. They got J.C. Horn at corner as well. Pretty good player. So the Warriors are not going to have it easy against this Carolina defense. They're going to have to earn it. But this would be a good time to go out there and get it done uh, this week because if you can beat a good Carolina defense, next week, uh, next week against Atlanta could be a lot easier sledding. Maybe you can get rolling because you're going to need this offense to roll as you head into Kansas City. So those are things to remember. Forrest says, will we see a Kittle TD this week? Yes. I do think we're going to see a Kittle TD this week. The way that I watched Carolina play, they're very aggressive. I think that they're going to try to cover George Kittle at some point with one of these linebackers that they really like, and it won't work. They also run a lot of zone blitzing, so they like to drop linebackers off, show them at the line, throw that 50 front, and then drop someone off. I think those are going to be matchups you can get to George Kittle. So I think this time he ends up, he almost had one last week, was you know, a toe away from getting it done. I think this week he does get it done. Um, but yeah, I think we will. Jan says, thank you, my friend. Good good to hear. Struggling uh, to assemble the install and install my dish. Oh, that's not fun. Uh, that That's never fun when you're uh, installing or putting together anything. It's a struggle. Like buying something from Ikea, knowing that you're about to get 822 parts of a, you know, three-foot dresser. It's it's crazy what you have to do. So I feel for you, Jan. Keep working on it. Uh, Christopher says, when do you think Verrett will get on the field? And you think outside or nickel? I'm guessing Mooney, Eman, and Verrett will be nasty. Yeah. Uh, and what's up, David V? How's it going? Christopher, I think they're going to take their time with Jason Verrett. Um, I know that he's been the one that's supposed to have been closest between him and Jimmy Ward, that he was healthy. He could have probably went at the beginning of the year, but they just wanted to make sure. But I think they're also going to make sure they ease him in and make sure he's healthy. So I don't think he's going to play this week. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't think we see him this week. My first guess would be Atlanta. To me, Atlanta would be a nice time to work him into the roster. They have a a, a very good football team. Hey, you could use his skill set. And then go ahead and take advantage of him in the nickel or outside. I think what they're going to go to is a, the secondary coach talked about this early on. Was about them going to more of a matchup style. So sometimes Verrett would be inside. Sometimes he'd be outside. Sometimes Mosley would be inside. Sometimes he'd be outside. Sometimes same thing with Ward. Uh, moving these guys around and finding certain matchups can make it very difficult on an offense. I think that's the way they go. And you're right. All three of those guys out there together is nasty. Now I know Demos played well. Samuel Womax played well. But in the grand scheme of things, they're not Jason Verrett, an all-pro caliber player when he was healthy, uh, or Emmanuel Mosley who's playing at such a high level this year. They're just not there yet. Are they good players? Yes. Uh, but those guys with a wealth of knowledge are just on a different level for sure. And what's up, David V? How's it going, Dave? I always love when David V's here too. He's always doing good things. And he re-upped his membership for 14 months. He's been a member of the TCC. Really appreciate that. Says LFG. Back to it. Uh, yeah, let's freaking go. Love it from David uh, David V. So thank you so much for re-upping your membership and taking advantage of that free super chat that you get uh, from doing so. Jan says extra parts are never good, right? You always end up with at least an, one extra screw, one extra bolt, something. Uh, something doesn't go the way you want. Uh, Shylock, what's up, Shylock? How's it going? I already don't like this new Super Mario movie. 
Mario's classic Italian voice is gone. Go Niners. You know what? I haven't seen this preview yet. I was going to click on the link earlier and I got busy and I wasn't able to do it. So I'm going to have to check this out, Shylock. But the fact that you said you don't like it is not making me optimistic for it. So that's unfortunate. David says, the problem with getting Kittle targets is they may really need him to pass protect and help more. You're right, they do. I think they need to get Charlie Warner involved in helping pass block and Kyle Juszczyk and kind of make it like a, a group thing where they can find certain times to do it. I also think with a full uh, week two game plan that they're going to be able to find ways to get Jalen more help. Uh, they could help with banks. Of course, if you're Carolina, you want to counteract that, right, and overload that side and make it difficult for the 49ers. You could slide protect, give help that way, use Kyle Juszczyk, um, use a wide receiver to chip. A Jawan Jennings coming off and chipping could work as well. There's a, a multitude of things you can do, and I think that's the most important thing is varying the types of things you do. Keep them off balance. I mean, it was just a, a few weeks ago against Seattle that Brandon Ayuk got Boy Mafia to actually fall on the ground uh, because he thought he was getting chipped and he braced for it, and then Ayuk juked him uh, and left him on the ground. I think those are types of things that are so creative that Kyle and this offensive scheme, Chris Forrester, uh, and their pass game quarter put together that really alleviate some of the pressure on this offensive line and then be able to do certain things down the field. Anytime you can block someone without blocking them, that is, that's fantastic. So that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get the numbers on your side as well. Um, so I, I definitely understand what you're saying, David, but I do think Kittle will get some targets. I don't think it's going to be what everyone wants. Everyone wants eight to 10 targets. I think Kittle's going to get five to six because Kyle Shanahan has talked about the fact that George Kittle still isn't all the way back, right? He's not all the way healthy not all the way in shape after missing time early on in the year. So I think he's going to slowly work back. You can tell in his route running, it's not really crisp right now. He's still getting his lower body underneath him. Once he does, He's going to be tough to deal with just like the rest of the team, but uh, easing him in is important while using the best part of him, which is his blocking skills uh, is nice as well. Jan says, I suffer all this to watch my nine, uh, watch this, my Niners catch 22. I leave the Bethel for work soon. Oh, geez. Uh, I feel for you, man. I, I feel for you, Jan, having to leave for work and still getting things together, but you got to do what you got to do to watch the Niners. Uh, so really good job. David V says, Got to keep that quick release going with Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy's going to have to keep unloading the football. And I think it might be a little bit more difficult to process everything this week. One thing Carolina does pretty well is very looks, um, drop people off, you know, give you different ideas pre-snap compared to what they do post-snap. And so Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to do a good job of reading post-snap and then locating open receivers because Carolina mixes it up a little bit. I got to give them credit there. Uh, their defense is definitely not a problem. Their defense is pretty darn good. Um, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo needs to locate defenders, especially safeties in the middle of the field, and then be able to steer away from him. What he did last week was he did find some receivers on the outside, like Kyle Juszczyk for a 35-yard gain. Those things, make, you know, those defenders want to widen out a little bit. That is good news for Jimmy Garoppolo. That'll open those lanes over the middle where he can be able to get the football out. Fortnite Fitzel says, we're going to see a Kittle handoff coming across formation. I hope so. Uh, that was something Jay Hill's calling for. He was calling for it on Faceoff over on Patreon. He was calling for handoffs to Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. Yeah, I mean, Kittle at some point, Kyle Shannon is going to get him the ball. There's always going to be game plans where you find matchups that you like, personnel groupings where you get George Kittle matchup on someone you like. They did it last week with Kyle Juszczyk. They got him matched up on a linebacker that they wanted to take advantage of. And he was expecting Juszczyk to run a deeper route, and he broke off underneath for just a straight out. 
and Kotheb only got 35 yards. Those mismatches seem so subtle, uh, but when you get him out there on the field, you can make big plays out of it, and that was one that happened. So I think finding that matchup is going to be important. And the more that Debo, Brandon Ayuk, and those guys show out, the less attention that George Kittle is going to get. Now, he's still an all-pro caliber player, but if you have to focus your attention on taking away Debo and taking away Brandon Ayuk, it just means favorable matchups for George Kittle. So it's it's simple. Every one of these guys are going to have their times against different teams. We'll see if this is the week for Kittle, but it could be because the Carolina Panthers have some pretty athletic linebackers, and I think they think they can match up these linebackers on Kittle. And if they're wrong, uh, Kittle's going to have a big-time game. And if they're right, well, then it could make it tough sledding for the 49ers offense. Thomas says, how do I become a member asking for a friend, LOL? There is a join button on YouTube. So it's it's right down there. It says join. You click the join button. That's how you become a member. You sign up. Uh, and that's that's pretty much the easiest way to do it, Thomas. Um, yeah, and that's what the 49ers Faithful said as well. Uh, 49ers Faithful says, that sneaky play to Juice in the first was a hell of a play. And would ha- I would love to see that again. I think that is something key. So they were so used to Kyle Juszczyk when he was in that set, right? He ran the seam earlier in the game. He just got a straight vertical, got up the field. And a lot of people said, you know, Jimmy missed him. I think Jimmy was getting rid of the ball before Juszczyk actually cleared. But um, yeah, there's that. And then we've seen him run wheel routes where he runs up and then gets vertical around the outside towards the sideline. This one, he just ran it straight out. I mean, he just boom, boom. And that safety was not prepared. He was running his own. So he was looking inside and it was just bam, hit it. And it was a nice, I'm sorry, the linebacker. It was a nice play for Juszczyk. I would love to see them go again. They get a, a similar look and a team playing them similarly. They could attack that play. And, you know, if one of these guys, one of these linebackers tries to undercut it next time, it could be an out and up for a huge play. And that's what you have to worry about with Kyle Shanahan and Kyle Juszczyk because he has the ability to do so. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited about this game. And, and Kyle Juszczyk getting used. It was also a really significant run in the in the game for the Niners. You know, Juszczyk got like six or seven yards on the play. Um, but they ran a fly across, and then they gave it to Juszczyk going back. And all the action was going one way, and then Juszczyk came back. It, it, Kyle Shanahan is still creative as heck when it comes to the run game. It's so fun to watch. I really enjoy it. Mr. Corey says, Ant time to go three and two, 28-7. I like that. Mr. Corey, have you listened to my game preview show yet? Because I picked the 49ers to win 27 to 6. But we are so close on our score prediction. I just don't see the Carolina Panthers scoring a touchdown in this game. I think the Niners hold them to two field goals. Uh, 27 to 6 is my game prediction. So if you haven't watched the game preview show, go go check it out. I gave uh, some key matchups for the 49ers on offense and defense and got into those a little bit. But yeah, David Campbell says, could the Niners D pitch a shutout this week? They could. And you wouldn't think so by looking at roster. This is one of the most interesting things. If you look at Carolina's roster, they have so many talented players. You just name their, I mean, starting with Christian McCaffrey. Dude's got all-world ability, able to catch the ball in the backfield. It's so fast. He can run the ball. He's exciting. Then they got DJ Moore, an exciting wide receiver. LaVisca Chenault, a do-it-all kind of guy. Um, They got Robbie Anderson. He's fantastic. They have so many weapons, including Titan Thomas. It's like... Why aren't they better? Uh, it could be just that Baker Mayfield is the quarterback and he hasn't been able to execute at a high level. If Baker was able to turn it around and he has talent, he was able to turn it around. This offense could definitely take steps forward. But they're pretty simple as far as formation, as, as far as figuring out what they're going to do. A heavy tight end look, probably a run. 
um, widen, you know, spread it out, probably a pass. I mean, these are things that you see on film right away. Figuring out their personnel as relates to their formation makes it a little bit easier to decipher what's going on. And then if I'm able to figure it out, you got Fred Warner sitting out there, you know, he's figured out, he's telling everyone, okay, this is where it's going. Yeah, the play last week where he's literally pointing to the, the sideline and it's going to be a running back out to the flat. And it was a running back out to the flat. It's, it's, the recognition is just fantastic. Shylock says, it appears Ayuk is getting frustrated with the passing game. By a few games, can you spot him displaying his frustration, especially after breaking Jalen's ankles for a possible TD? Yeah, I think he was upset with that one. You know, I mean, he he won a one-on-one matchup with Jalen Ramsey, and, you know, Jimmy didn't find him. I mean, Jimmy made a great throw on the play. Let's, I mean, let's keep it real. That throw to George Kittle was fantastic. Kittle wasn't able to get his feet in, but um, that was a tremendous throw. Did he have an easier throw to Brandon Ayuk? Yes. I don't know what the primary was on that. I haven't broke down that play, but what I do know is that Brandon Ayuk, uh, you know, he wants to be rewarded when he wins. So is there going to be some frustration there? Yeah, he wants to be active. He wants to be making plays. Um, I think it's going to come. You know, I, I do think it's going to come. I think Ayuk's going to get his, but you're right. There's a, there's some frustration there, and he's not afraid to let people know about it. But let's see how the 49ers offense responds, how Jimmy Garoppolo responds. If Ayuk wins, get him the football. But he, he needs to make sure he wins consistently. And as long as he does that, just get him the ball, and big things will happen. Uh, Siggy, what's up, Siggy? I hope all is going well with you as well. Uh Dan is saying Ant could be a trap game. I think it could be if the 49ers were 4-0 right now. If the 49ers were 4-0, I don't think that I think they would. This could possibly be a trap game because you have a really good Carolina defense and an offense that has potential. But when you just come off a win against the Rams and you know you're two and two and you've struggled the way you have with Denver uh and with Chicago and you just didn't play well, I don't think it's a trap game. I think Atlanta could end up being the trap game if 49ers beat Carolina. Because Atlanta's defense is not very good. You might overestimate your offensive potential against their defense. And their offense is pretty good with Kyle Pitts and those guys there. So uh, that's more of a trap game because that's between Carolina between Carolina and Kansas City. Might get looking ahead like, oh, we beat Carolina. We're going to beat Atlanta and then you know, showdown with Kansas City. Um, but I get what you're saying for sure. You always have to make, make, uh, make yourself available and excited. I mean, Kyle Shannon talking about how Carolina could have been or could have been 4-0 right now. Uh, that's coach talk. That's players talk. Every team's undefeated when you're going to go ahead and match up. Uh, Davis says, this seems like a game that will need three linebackers more than last week. Is it DFF? Yeah, it's going to be Demetrius Flanagan and Faust anytime that they're in base. Uh, I look for them to be in base about 20 to 21 plays this game because that's kind of what Carolina has shown. Now, if the 49ers stop the run early, uh, Baker Mayfield's going to be forced to run three and four wide receiver sets the whole entire game. That will change things for sure. Um, so. Yeah, I think that you're right. I, I think that they want to run the football. We'll probably get those base sets, not be able to do like we did against the Rams and sit in our nickel package the entire game because all they did was employ Ben Skoranek. Um, Carolina's not afraid to go two tight ends, three tight ends in the game. They're just not. And load up and run the football. Uh, they double team at the point of attack. So if they get the run game going early, we could see them stick with it. And then, yeah, base, base formations. Uh, we'll get the 4-3 out there a lot. And Dimitri planning and fouls will be that guy. Um, if not, and they keep us in our sub package, if they go three wide receivers, you're going to see Deomar Lenore. And, you know, that's part of his role is playing linebacker slash uh, cornerback. So Siggy says, we have to make sure not to get too uh, laxed about with the Panthers. Yeah, you know, I don't think this team will. You know, I think that, you know, from the outside, you know, perspective, you're right. Like, 
yeah, these you know you got to make sure you pay attention to everything Carolina does. I think you know four and O team you'd worry about it, but not not this team. I think they're focused on Carolina. They know what it means to win. They know what it you know it meant to execute against the Rams, and they don't want that bad taste in their mouth anymore. This is a veteran team uh, in a lot of categories, and uh, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, you know, and those guys they're not going to let this team you know slide. They're going to make sure everyone stays focused. Um, so I get it. I get it. And uh, Mr. Corey says, did you see Banks Donald play? I told you about, yeah, Aaron Banks and, and uh, David Campbell's came through and said, I needed to put um, Aaron Banks on the hurt business because he absolutely put a hurting on Donald on the play. Great plays. And, and, you know, Banks played really good. I know I don't really care too much about PFS rankings, um, but they haven't ranked as the top 15 guard in the league. I think that makes you very optimistic about his potential moving forward a second round draft pick that's developing into a nice replacement for Lakin Tomlinson. Hey, so that's good news for the 49ers. And thank you so much, Thomas, for becoming a channel member. Really, really appreciate that. Welcome to the Cutback Crew, everyone. Welcome, Thomas, to the Cutback Crew. Really appreciate you uh, becoming a member. Fantastic. And we got Bobo in chat now, too. What's up, Bobo? Siggy says, sure, wish Jordan Mason and Danny Gray get some touches. Danny Gray returned to practice. So uh Danny will be he'll be he'll be playing. Uh he'll he'll be out there hopefully getting some time in. I don't think they want Malik Turner to be on the active roster, and they've already brought him up twice, so they gotta make some decisions there. Four yards faithful says Baker makes it hard to be a trap game as he's been that bad. Yeah, and Nick Bosa still has a problem with Baker Mayfield. So he's gonna take this, he's gonna make it personal. Uh Jan's talking about Patterson being out. Yeah, DeCordell or Patterson had the knee surgery. He's gonna be out in a couple weeks. Um Bobo says, I believe they'll win by a touchdown then their head coach rule will be fired for not going after jimmy g in the offseason um if they keep it within a touchdown that would be an impressive game for the carolina panthers um because this 49ers team defensive wise is one of the best so they only given up 48 points uh that's you know that's 10 better than the the second best team in the league this defense is absolutely out of this world averaging 3.8 yards given up per play it's ridiculous how good they are so um, that would be very, very tough. Uh, David V says, 20th wedding anniversary Sunday. A Niner win is all I want. Yeah, they need to get it. And congratulations, David V, on being married for 20 years. That's awesome. Well done, sir. Uh, congratulations on that. And I hope the four yards get it done for you and get a win on Sunday. That would be a, a nice uh, celebratory gift. Uh, four yards Faisal says, Bosa is definitely focused. He hates Baker. We're on the same page. We are on the same page. Uh, Mark says, why doesn't Kyle play running back that they draft? Don't know what you have to do in, until you play the guys. Well, I mean, they they did play um, PDP, but he got hurt. And so uh, they did not draft Jordan Mason. Uh, Jordan Mason was undrafted free agent, but uh, I don't know exactly. I mean, it was me last week that thought Jordan Mason was going to get more carries than Debo Samuel. I wasn't wrong about the fact Debo wasn't going to carry it very much because he only carried it twice. I was wrong that they were going to not include Jordan Mason. I thought they were. I thought he was going to get it like, you know, six or seven carries to kind of spell Jeff Wilson Jr. a little bit. Some of that volume carry against the Rams. That wasn't the game plan that they ultimately went with the run game because they gave it to Jeff Wilson Jr. the whole time besides two. Um, so, yeah, he's not comfortable with Jordan Mason playing on third down. That was evident by Tevin Coleman being elevated and him playing on third down. You have Marlon Mack. He hasn't carried the ball yet. For Kyle Shanahan, Troy Aikman said, Kyle Shanahan doesn't feel confident with his running back room the way they have to play uh, offense right now. It's a very, very interesting overall. Um, it's 
I don't know. I thought Mason was going to get the ball. I, I really do. I don't know why he does that, Mark. Uh, but Kyle is very particular about his running backs. I mean, besides Elijah Mitchell, um, you know, not the young guys haven't got much time to show what they got. And, you know, I mean, there is some development that needs to happen there. But, I mean, I thought there were opportunities for them to get carries as well. This course says, why do you think there's a reluctance to play Brunskill at left tackle? I just think that they want him on the interior. I think he's gotten so much work, you know, as a guard and as a center that they want to keep him there. It's a little bit different. He talked about that some in the offseason about how, you know, he can play all five positions, but it is different setting up and learning how to play those positions. And so I think they want him to play it inside. Uh, but if Jalen Moore is getting beat in this game, don't think for one second Daniel Brunskill won't be out there in a heartbeat. Uh, so they're going to keep an eye on this, but I think that's their reluctance is they're hoping that Jalen Moore is going to be able to step up and do it. You have a lot of you know optimism for your fifth round pick. He showed it at times last year. This year, it's been you know that huge miss against Denver. And then he played all right against the Rams. So let's see what we get out of Jalen Moore. Um, but I definitely think they're prepared in case they need to go ahead and go with Daniel Brunskill. But you're right. They haven't been willing to make him a, a full-time tackle as of now or go that route. I think they also expect Trent Williams to be back in the next couple weeks. Um, so I, I think that's kind of how they're going with it. Fortnite Faithful says, how do you go from Darnold, who they thought was awful, to Baker, who's been even worse? Coaching staff is on their way out. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Carolina's in a lot of trouble. Their coaching staff overall, Matt Rule. So you, anytime you fire your office coordinator within the first year of you taking over, it's never a good situation. Um, and I think that you're right. Quarterback has been a problem. And they could have went after Jimmy Garoppolo. They could have made a splash move, you know, and they didn't. And, um, you know, last year, I think they pivoted. When the 49ers traded up to three, they wanted Trey Lance. And they weren't able to get Trey Lance because the Niners went to three. So they pivoted, and they, they got Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold wasn't the guy. Um, and Baker Mayfield's not that guy either. You know, they, they're just they've been just trying to make something happen. Matt Rule's trying to save his job. and. It's going to be tough. I don't think he's going to be able to get it done. I thought they were going to be better than this. The defense is good, uh, but the offense has been lackluster, to say the least. David says doesn't have to be uh, a 50-burger. I'll take 40 patty milk. Give, give him at least 40, right? Uh, Bobo says, we made it to the NFC Championship game last year, and we are head and shoulders better this year. I believe wholeheartedly we will win the Super Bowl this year. I love it, Bobo. I love it. Um, why not, right? Why not the 49ers? I think the question marks have been, and that's kind of what's been talked about, you know, on this channel, especially with, uh, you know, with Jay Hill. And then uh, we're going to have a new episode of uh, Cover 2 with Warren coming out. Me and him talk about it a little bit, too, is the offense. Is it championship caliber? Um, because, you know, the defense is championship caliber, so the offense just has to be good enough. When you start talking about those 2000 Ravens, you know, the 02 Bucks, the 2015 Denver Broncos, defenses were fantastic and offenses were good enough. Uh, not great, but good enough. You know, if you have a great offense, you blow someone out 55-0 like the Niners against the Broncos in the Super Bowl and Super Bowl 24. When you have a okay offense, you get the victory. Um, so is the offense good enough? They have the playmakers. They do. Uh, but they haven't looked in sync so far. So I think that's a question moving forward. But if the offense is good to go, Bobo, you're right. They have enough to win a Super Bowl, that's for sure. Uh, KNDR, what's up, Caleb? How's it going? Says, Ant, when are we signing one of my favorite Huskers of all time in Dominican Sue. I thought it could have happened this week. I honestly thought it could have happened that Indomitian Sue would have been a San Francisco 49er because uh, I think it all hinged on Kinlaw, you know, that flare up and then Eric Armstead, where they're going to be. And it could be that they think they can get through Carolina 
and Atlanta without making a move and see if one of those guys is right. Cause I don't think they want to spend the money, but uh, in, at some point it might be time. If you're going to be without one of those guys extensively, um, bring in another guy that we don't mess up your rotation because Terry Hyder can get it done in spot play, but he's not an interior defensive lineman in this league. Hassan Ridgeway is fantastic. Kevin Givens, fantastic. Um, but you need guys that can come in and get it done. And Ndamukong Sue is a force to be reckoned with out there that's still available. And you can sign him to a non-guaranteed contract. I, I think it, it could be enticing at some point if we find out that some of these interior defensive linemen aren't going to be able to come back pretty soon. But right now, nothing. Biggie says, look like Moore had a couple of nice plays. Yeah, Moore played way better. I mean, that's the thing. If you take where you were before till now, he played extremely better. Uh, so I, I think that Jalen Moore will will play better in this game. I think them being able to scheme it up is important. Brian Burns presents a speed element uh, that's going to make it tough on Moore, but um, we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens when he gets out. I think he can get it done. Uh, Mr. Corey says, there's no reason not to give Jordan Mason any carries. Just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I mean... If I think if he wasn't so good on special teams, Mr. Corey, I think he's I think it would be inactive. I think that's where we're at, Mr. Corey. Uh, Kyle Shannon doesn't trust him on third down or in pass blocking situations. I think that's the issue. So once Jordan Mason figures that out, he's probably going to get more carries. I would love to see him get more carries. I think he's a very very solid, uh, you know, running back. I just I mean we haven't got to see it. We got to see one carry for seven yards. One. Uh, just give him the rock a little bit more. Now, I'm not over the top like everyone else. Like, oh, he needs to get the ball all the time. But I do think that I would love to see him spin. David Campbell says, I heard somewhere that maybe Ryans will just stay in Carolina after the game as the new head coach. Uh, they can't have him yet. You know, they can't have him yet. They'll probably want him next year. You're right. And with that defensive uh, talent that they have, it might be a smart move to get a defensive coordinator. Now, with their inept offense, they could go off its offensive mind, but uh, if Carolina wants a an identity change, if they want somebody that's going to come in there and right the ship, D'Amico Ryans is that guy. D'Amico Ryans is for sure gone next year. It stinks so much because he's so good. I'm glad for him. Uh, not happy for for the 49ers because he's ridiculously good. Um, but two third-round picks will come out of it for the 49ers, so we'll see. But yeah, D'Amico's fantastic. I like that, David. That was funny. Uh, 49ers faithful says if offense can score 20 plus points a game, we won't lose with this defense. I'm with you. No, I think so. I think if they, I, this is kind of where I was saying earlier this week, I think 22, 23, if that can become your average points, you score, you're going to win a lot of football games. It's going to be tough sledding against this defense. And if you're scoring 22, 23, you're probably running the football pretty good, which means you're keeping your defense off the field. That is good signs for the 49ers. So yeah, I'm with you on that. Mr. Corey, for the offense, to be Super Bowl caliber one, a healthy Trent Williams, two, a healthy Elijah Mitchell, three, a more involved George Kittle, which I love to hear, Mr. Corey, because all of those things are possible. Uh, easily, all those things are possible. Trent Williams is going to be back here in the next couple weeks. Maybe Kansas City, but uh, it could be Atlanta as well. So he's going to be coming back pretty soon. Healthy Elijah Mitchell, it will happen. I know it sucks that it happened, but... We're halfway through Elijah Mitchell being out. You know, he's going to be back in four to five weeks, and this offense will be rolling again with him at running back. And yes, this offense will take an uptick with him there. He's absolutely explosive. He is an upgrade from Jeff Wilson Jr., even though Wilson Jr. has held it down at a high level. I've been very thankful for Jeff Wilson Jr. and his ability to power when he needs to, use his speed, jump cuts, vision. Um, he's he's put it on display. He's been a nice 
Imagine if we had him as a one-two punch. I think Kyle would be feeling really comfortable with this running back room. Um, Juanito says, is it just me? Or was the first time in a while that Jimmy checked a play call at, and on a, a Jeff TD run? Yeah, so what he did was, and, and that was an interesting one, Juanito, is they the touchdown comes out of a timeout. But when the broadcast stops the play, because Kyle calls a timeout, Kyle's heated, uh, Jimmy had canned the play before, before the timeout. Then Jimmy looks to the sidelines, and the cameras pick up, the Monday Night Football cameras pick up, Jimmy yelling to Kyle, Hey, Kyle, was that right? He was checking to see if he came to the right play, if he made the right call with the defense alignment that was there. They come out, comes up, cans the play again, and they run the touchdown for Jeff Wilson Jr., and it was fantastic. So, yes, he did can it. I heard him a little bit during the game canning plays, Oscaring, which means flipping the, the, the play to the other side. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was getting a, a better control of the offense and operating. And that's where he has to succeed. That is an advantage of him being a quarterback because he has so much veteran ability. Um, there are areas that he's deficient and there's areas that he can be superb. And that's one of them checking them out of, you know, bad plays and into really good ones. And that one worked out for a touchdown. By the way, one of the best block plays I've seen in a long time. Execution was on point from almost every single 49er. When you execute at that level, big things are going to happen. But it started with the quarterback, you're right, checking it and also checking with Kyle Shannon to make sure he was doing it right. Warner Faithful says, got 10 plus draft picks next year. Trade for another rotational defensive tackle or DN that plays across the line. You're right. They do have a lot of picks. And uh, one of the ways they can use those picks is, of course, to package them to move up and just get higher draft picks. That's something they can do as well. So I do think that they're going to be able to make some moves. Uh, also having all that draft capital means they could get into the first round. Of course, you know, they, they gave their first round picks away for Trey Lance. And hopefully at some point, Trey Lance is going to be back and that, that quarterback that we all want him to be, but they don't have a first round pick. Having all these extra picks means you can move up um, and moving up is really, really nice. And that's what you want from this team. And Bobo with the super chat. Thanks so much, Bobo. Uh, you believe Jimmy will get better with, um, with more time. Yeah, I do. I think Jimmy's going to get better because I do believe he's going to get more comfortable with this 49ers offense. And I think Kyle's getting more comfortable with this 49ers offense because Kyle Shannon had a mode that he was in. He had a mode of his players and what they were going to do with Trey Lance at quarterback. He had an idea. Trey Lance is going to make it 11 on 11 football. He's going to put pressure on the edge guys, which is going to eliminate this five-man front. Um, they're not going to be able to muck up the middle because Trey Lance can beat you vertically and outside. But we had a game plan on how to attack with the talent that he brought in. Bigger physical running backs fit with what Trey Lance was going to do on offense. Uh, the way he was going to handle the tight end position with the blockers like Dwelly, but also these receivers that can convert and create after they made the catch. But some of them that could get vertically and stretch the field like Danny Gray. That's a direct correlation to Trey Lance. He built the team around Trey Lance. Once Jimmy Garoppolo got put back in the fray, the things that Jimmy does well are different from what Trey does well. In 2019, the Jimmy Garoppolo-led offense was all about play action. It was all about outside zone, using speed running backs. That was an offense built around Jimmy. He knew getting speed running backs around Jimmy where they could stretch the team horizontally and put pressure on those linebackers to have to move to take care of that run. When Jimmy came out on those half rolls, the defense had moved, which created lanes for him to throw the football. So that was the game plan. And that's why he had those speed guys. He had Raheem Moser that he kept in 2021. And the reason they, they wanted to make sure they had Moser is because Jimmy was going to be the quarterback for that year. They had Elijah Mitchell as well, that they were going to put into that. 
but Trey Sermon is a direct draft pick of Trey Lance. Like that's what they were trying to do. This year it ends up being TDP bringing in Jordan Mason, but it's a contrast in styles by how you play. Now, is it the same playbook? Yes. But the offense, that, the way you run it from two different quarterbacks is unique and different. Uh, and so that's the transition. When Jimmy came in against Seattle, he was still running Trey Lance's game plan, how they would operate a Trey Lance offense. That's why you saw a lot of vertical throws from Jimmy Garoppolo. Some of them pretty successful. Some of them resulted in play, uh, sorry, uh, pass interference calls. Um, now what you saw in Denver was that transition back to Jimmy, and it did not go well. The execution wasn't there. Kyle you know, wasn't fully equipped to handle the sum of parts, uh, knowing what all his guys could do, good and bad. And then you saw it come to fruition against the Rams because you had a familiar foe. You knew how they were going to attack you. So it made it easier for Kyle to get into a groove. I think that's where we're at now. So I know it's a long answer, but that's kind of what I formulated out of it. But thanks for the super chat, Bobo. Uh, and Mr. Corey says, be honest, Ant. Would you pick up Kinlaw's fifth-year option right now? Right now, I don't know because he's hurt. Um, I thought he needed to have a good year for them to want to do that. And so far, not so sure. Not so sure. Uh, and Bobo says a good defense beats a good offense any day. Um, since I was an offensive coordinator, I'm going to go ahead and disagree. Joking, Bobo. Uh, a really great offense can beat a really great defense. Um, ask the, you know, the 80s Bears. Um, 1984, they thought they were going to beat the Niners. The Niners absolutely, you know, took care of business. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, a good defense makes it really tough. You know, I mean, you, it, good offense can be good defense. Good defense can be good offense. Uh, it's one of those kind of things, the eye of the beholder thing. But uh, if you have a really stout defense, it usually changes the way you call offense because you want to call it to make your defense highly successful. And we got a super chat from David Campbell. says, you and Horse had a great episode, slightly offsides. Great episode. Go Niners. Thanks so much, David. Uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun on Slightly Offsides that we do over on Patreon. Uh, me and Horse have fun. We talk football, um, but we throw in some jokes and have some laughs, and it's a good time. Really enjoy doing the different episodes, and, and Horse is always one of my favorites to do, Slightly Offsides. We just did episode 21, so there's 21 episodes of Slightly Offsides over on Patreon. Uh, we get into it all from you know what happened in the recent game, what happened, you know, what's going to happen in the next game, and then Horse gives his score prediction. And then you never know what's going to happen. He has a horsing around segment. Who knows what happens? Usually ends up with a horse going off the rails, uh, but it's fun. Uh, Mr. Cor uh, sorry, um, Diggy says, I thought Jimmy looked great throwing dimes. Every quarterback misses now and then. Right, Aaron? Tom B, uh, so happy he's back. I thought he looked good. Uh, I didn't think he looked great, but I thought he looked good. I thought he was definitely finding his rhythm. I thought the first couple drives... Our first drive, you know, in the 15-play script, really good. I thought that there was a lull kind of where he missed a couple of throws, right? Um, where he airmailed Jawan Jennings on the third down play, uh, checked down probably when he should have went after Kyle Yushek. Like, there were some misses. Um, I know that happens to every quarterback, but I think those are things that I don't normally see from Jimmy to that level. So I think he's still figuring out this offense overall as they're kind of rebuilding it, reshaping it to him to attack what teams have learned to do against him. I mean, throwing outside the numbers to Kyle Ushek, uh, that is something that wasn't, you know, in the 49ers uh, arsenal last year. They didn't do that very often, but they do in that now because of the way defenses are approaching them. So as long as Jimmy Garoppolo proves that he can attack and make those plays, they're going to be available. Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle, by the way, uh, some plays they look on the same sink. And then there was a choice route in the fourth quarter where George Kittle went inside and Jimmy thought he was going to go outside and threw it. I mean, it was way wide right. 
Uh, and George Kittle was right on the play. So they're still getting some chemistry things. Even though they've played together for a long time, you don't just roll out of bed, as much as Jay Hill wants to tell you, you don't just roll out of bed and say right away, like, oh, no, you know, we're good to go. Like, I can make all these throws. Uh, it can be tough sledding. Um, Ronnie says, what's up, man? Why did Danny Gray have been inactive last game? So, Ronnie, what is up, by the way? How are you doing? Danny Gray had a hip issue. Came out of the Denver game with a hip issue. They never really elaborated on what it was or what the full extent of it was, but it kept him inactive. He is back at practice. Uh, he was a full participant in practice today, so that's good news. Danny Gray will be a part of this. Plus, you know, uh, Willie Sneed's back on the practice squad. Malik Turner's already been elevated two times. Danny Gray will be active in this game. So I think that is something to remember. He's going to be there to potentially take the top off. I want to see him get involved in the run game. Where's a fly sweep, a quick screen, something with his speed. We'll see. But yeah, that's why he was out. And what is up, everyone in chat? Always good to have everyone here. How's it, how's it going? 40 Yards Faithful says, I have a hard time seeing Danny Gray getting much of anything going this year, honestly, with Jimmy at quarterback. You just have to find a variety of ways to use him. Um, he's still going to get people's attention because in the preseason, he went deep down the field and had a big strike from Trey Lance. But when he's out there, he gets your attention. Minnesota Vikings struggle with him in the joint practices. So you don't always have to throw him the ball. But when you, when you do take a shot, it's going to keep him honest. So I, but I think getting Danny Gray involved in a multitude and variety of ways is the best way to go. Uh, fly sweeps, reverses, which reverses can be a part of the game moving forward as these teams fly to try to take away this run game. You can start implementing those reverses back in. I think also hitting Danny Gray on a screen here or there could be big. Um, but we'll see. Kyle, it's, it's his job to get creative and figure out ways to get use Danny Gray's speed without the vertical passing game being the only reason. I don't think that's the only reason he was drafted. So it can't be the only reason you use him. And that's for Kyle Shanahan to figure out. That's his job as a play caller. Mr. Corey says, if I could get a third for Kinlaw, I'd jump at it. I'm not sure they're going to get a third for Kinlaw with the knee flaring up, the surgically repaired knee. I don't know what team would want to trade for him. What I'm hoping is that this thing is going to just ease up and he's going to get be ready to go. Um, but right now, I, I don't think you can offer him you know, his fifth-year fifth extension without knowing what's going to happen with that knee. It's unfortunate. Uh, Mr. Corey says, don't have a favorite 49er since DJ Jones left. It's becoming Ufonga, who's everybody's favorite 49er. Um, I think for me, uh, my favorite 49er to watch on the field is uh, Debo Samuel right now. I mean, there's always just spectacular things. George Kittle as well. Those two guys, uh, the energy that they bring is just so fun. Um, but I'm into the X's and O's, so I'm always excited to see exactly how the offense and defense attacks. So I kind of relate to that. But yeah, my favorite guys, there's so many on this team, I think, now. I love Fred. I love Juszczyk. George Kittle. I, I mean, there's no wrong answer when it comes to favorite 49er. It's, they got so many good players. Uh, what is up, Coach Tim? How's it going? Says, you got to expect it's going to take Jimmy a few games to shake off the rust and pick up the nuances of the system for the season. He's looking better week to week. Just be patient. Go Niners. Uh, and then said, remember, Jimmy had a pre no preseason and practice to speak of until he came in that week and Trey went down. He's reasonable. And yeah. I think I think there is going to be some time. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo will get better. Um, my main thing with Jimmy Garoppolo is don't turn over the football. If Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't turn over the football, the Warriors have a chance to win every single game they're in. Uh, it's ridiculous. And if he can convert on third downs the way he did last game and the way he did in 2021, this team could almost be unstoppable. I mean, that is that's a huge advantage for the Warriors if he can. Do that. David Campbell, 
says, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Ronnie says, should we worry about Armstead's foot injury? It's not a, like, huge worry. What you have to worry is that at some point he's going to have to take time off. And I'm wondering if this is the stretch. Now, I would think they would sign someone, though. But if he could take a little bit of time off, he might be able to get back. Uh, it's more of a nagging thing. If you can play through it, you're fine. But I guess it's just a foot and ankle injury. Plantar fasciitis is no fun. Um, there's a lot of rehab that goes into it. So it's one of those things where at what point do they shut him down for a little bit, let him get healthy so that he's able to help the team down the road? I'm not sure. But yeah, it's definitely something to monitor. At least it's not like season ending or anything. But he could need a break at some point. David says, do you see D'Amico still dialing up blitzes or was that more of a Rams only thing? I think he will. I think they're going to come after Baker Mayfield. I think they're going to try to get home with four early and then kind of disguise things. But Baker, uh, he's not Matthew Stafford when it comes to attacking the blitz. Stafford's normally really good. So I do think he's going to come after him, but he's going to keep varying it and he's going to make it more strategic. It was, I'll come after Matthew Stafford from all angles at all times. I think it'll be a little bit more calculated against Carolina, but I do think that's going to be a big part of this defense this year. Aggressive style come after you because you have Charvarius Ward. You have Emmanuel Mosley. You have Hufanga, these guys that can play really well in coverage. And Jimmy Ward and Jason Verrett are practicing. Whenever they come back, you could potentially have those guys in the secondary as well. That's going to embolden D'Amico Ryans to take even more chances knowing that he can man people up in the secondary. That's that's tough. That's tough sledding when you can do that. Now, I think this week it, it might be a little bit tougher to blitz linebackers because you have to worry about Christian McCaffrey. You'll have to locate him, but... I mean, I'm not worried about one of these wide receivers that the 49ers defensive, uh, defensive corners can't handle. So I think you could see some blitzing. Tim says, Hufanga rocks, but Debo brings another level of ex uh, excitement to the offense. I'm with you on that. And yeah, Debo's just so good. Oh man, he's ridiculous. And that run that he had was just so fun to watch. It reminded me of the old days. I, I was thinking John Taylor on the slant against the Rams. Uh, taking it to the house, actually the two touchdowns, you know, that were long. Um, yeah, that the after the after the catch, the run is just it's so exciting. And Debo uh, does it better than anyone in the NFL. I mean, he just does. Ronnie says, does Ward start right away or do they ease him in? When he's active, he will start. Uh, he's going to start right away as soon as he's active, and they will, you know, Gibson will be his backup um, because Jimmy Ward at this point in his career is better than. Deshaun Gibson, even though Gibson has played fantastic. But think about this. If, is Gibson that good, or is it a product of the system? If the system is just that good and this defense is that good that you can plug and play Jimmy in, he's better than Gibson. You might even get better play from the safety position. Um, Gibson has, out of three opportunities, caught one interception. Jimmy Ward has capitalized on interceptions against the Rams recently. You'd like to think that Ward would help provide that as well. Um, the versatility he provides as well to be able to cover. He can cover a slot a receiver if needed. I think it'll be Ward. And then I think Gibson will be his backup. But I'm very appreciative for everything that Gibson has done. He's been fantastic. And I feel comfortable in case something happens that he could step in and play at a high level. Uh, David V says, offense Debo, defense Huff. Yeah, I think Huff is becoming a favorite of everyone. Uh, his playing style is infectious. His intelligence uh, to nuances and understanding offensive um, scheme has been fantastic. Big fan of Talado Ufong and the way that he's played right now. 49ers faithful is laying it out there. I love this. Jimmy, Lance, Bethard, Mullins, Hoyer. Doesn't matter who's the quarterback. I'm rooting for him. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, I said this last year. I'm not a Trey Stan. I'm not a Jimmy Stan. 
I'm a 49er stand. And and that's kind of how I keep it. Uh, we have a shirt that says 49er stand over on the 49ers cutback shop because that is my belief. It, whoever's quarterback, I'm backing him up. And there was quarterbacks along the way I was not huge fans of. But you know what? When it came down to it, I'm a 49er fan, and that's who I'm rooting for on Sundays. Um, traffic says, what up, TCC? How's it going, Traffic? Welcome to chat. Always good to have you in chat. Mr. Corey says, Armstead and Kinlaw don't need to play until Kansas City. I'm with you. Um, I think that that's potentially when you'll see them back. You just have to make sure you have the depth. If you have Hicks and Hyder, I guess you could roll with them behind, you know, Hassan Ridgeway and Kevin Givens. That could be a, the way they handle it. Um, and maybe it will. Um, and maybe we'll see what they do with Kamoko Torrey, see if he plays inside any. Jordan Wolves will come back at some point too. Uh, let's see. Mr. Corey says 82 and 88 by JT against the Rams. I watched it. Yeah, that was Right? Wasn't that just a fun game, Mr. Corey? Uh, those things. Listen to Jerry Rice talk about how he loved taking those slants all the way to the house. Those are his favorite plays. You get the hair standing up on the back of his neck. Uh, it, uh, that football was so fun to watch. Uh, Siggy says, I agree totally that Jimmy will get even better with more reps. Lance gets killed by Donald on that stunt. Sure, Zach, Jimmy's quick release saved it. Uh, Jimmy does have a tremendous... It's, it's kind of a different way of handling it, right? Jimmy handles it with the quick release, getting the ball out uh, extremely fast. Trey Lance would try to avoid with pocket awareness um, and the athletic ability to get off, plus a 230-pound frame that's a little bit harder to tackle. So different ways to approach it. Both can be successful. Um, but yeah, Jimmy's quick release saved him a lot on that play. So I'm definitely with you uh, that that Jimmy makes plays like that sometimes. That quick release is ridiculous. Biggie, uh, I'm sorry, Juanito says, how can you not love watching Bosa either? That dude's an animal. Imagine his number if he wasn't constantly violated. Yeah, did you hear a story, Juanito, too? He's talking about how he, he once talked to a ref, and he said, hey, guy tackled me. Ref goes, he's allowed to do that. And he goes, he must not have understood what I said. It's, it's so funny. It's like the way Bosa says it, too. Yeah, Bosa's ridiculous. Every single play, he looks like he's going to get a sack. 14 pressures against the Rams, six sacks on the season. Um, the number one sack guy in the league right now. Nick Bosa is doing it all. He's fun to watch. There's so many players on the Niners to watch. It's it's an exciting group. This reminds me of like the 2011 team where you had the Smith brothers and you had Patrick Wilson, Navarro Bowman, you know, and you had Dante Whitner and uh, and Goldson. It was exciting. You had cool players to watch. You know, it was fun. Um, and I, I love that. And then Apollo says, why are we so divided? Um, I think that there are, you know, portions of the fan base that are divided. I, we're not divided here. Uh, pretty much, you know, everyone that comes through understands that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback right now. And Trey is the future. Uh, Trey got hurt, which is unfortunate. But uh, we're rolling with Jimmy right now because he's the guy. And, you know, down the road, they're going to make a decision. They're probably going to go back to Trey, which who could blame them after trading away the draft capital they did. But this fan base doesn't need to be divided. Just get behind the team. Uh, get behind the team and, and and root for the team that's there. And um, I think that's what a lot of people that come to this channel do. And and that's why I enjoy talking, you know, football. We might have different opinions, uh, but that's the fun part. Different opinions is okay. That doesn't set division. What sets division is not understanding that when something is not exactly how you want it, that you can come to the middle and say, you know what? It's not how I want it, but I'm, I'm sure going to back my team. You know, and, and I think a lot of people learn that when we play. I know I did. I learned that when I played. Maybe I didn't agree with some of the decisions coach made, but I'm going to run through a brick wall for coach because he asked me to, uh, and I believe in him, and I want to do it for my teammates. And I think that um, can ring true for the fan base as well. Uh, coach Tim says, 
Hubback, did you catch Bosa's uh, presser and approach the official? Okay, so I actually read that. Yeah, it was it was crazy, right, Coach Tim? It was crazy. Uh, David Campbell says every game day. I'm hoping Jimmy makes three hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, because uh, if Jimmy makes three fifty, that means the 49ers won. So I love that from David Campbell. Yeah, right at this point, I hope all of his bonuses come in. I hope he gets every single play bonus. I hope he gets every playoff bonus. I get. I hope he gets his Super Bowl bonus. Get all the bonuses, Jimmy Garoppolo, because I want the 49ers to win a Super Bowl. I could care less about the money. Take the money. Take York's money. It's not my money. Take York's money and win the Super Bowl. I would love it. I mean, that's that's what I want. Uh, Mr. Corey says, Ant, I'm telling you, DeForest Buckner will finish a career with the 49ers. Mr. Corey, I hope you're right. I love DeForest Buckner. I hope that happens. And if it does, Mr. Corey, come right back here because I will be singing praises to Mr. Corey for telling me that that happened. Apollo says, we all know Jimmy is limited. Uh, are y'all blind? Trey gives you upside. I, I don't think anyone's arguing that Jimmy Garoppolo is limited. I think both quarterbacks are limited right now. Trey has tremendous upside more than probably most quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think anyone's arguing that. Uh, so if that was an attempt to divide. Yeah. Uh, Mark Grace says, it was 92 and 96 yard TDs for JT. Ooh, love that. Um, Tim says it's people's ego. They don't like to be wrong. Jimmy proves them wrong every time he wins and succeeds, but either you are faithful or you are not. It comes down to that simply. Uh, yeah, I think when it comes down to it, you can like what you want, right? I mean, there were people that were Steve Young guys and Joe Montana guys. Uh, when it came down to it, though, everyone wanted the 49ers to win. That, that's just how it came. It was like, okay, Joe's our guy. We want the 49ers to win. When Steve started, you know, against Arizona, it was actually, you know, back then Phoenix, but when he started in that that game in 88, it wasn't like, oh, well, we want the Niners to lose because Joe's not playing. No, it's we want the 49ers to win. You know, I hope Joe takes the job back next week, but we want the Niners to win. Uh, that's what it's about. You know, it's about winning. So um, Mr. Corey says, I love this defense, but this isn't the 2011 defense. They didn't give up a rushing touchdown until the second to last game. Marshawn Lynch after a blocked punt short field. I remember that. That 11 defense was crazy good. And what's up, D. Will? How's it going? Uh, absolutely fantastic. So yeah, you're right. 2011 was great. Uh, Paulo says, but he's gone. So now we root for Jimmy. So no, uh, no, no knock on Trey. I'm with you. No knock on Trey. We do root for Jimmy. Um, and when Trey's back, I'll root for him. And he had such a good training camp and preseason. Uh, Trey did everything he was supposed to do. It's unfortunate he got hurt. I was looking forward to seeing his growth during the season. Um, but you know, now we're gonna have to wait an extra year. Thomas says, as much as I loved watching uh, Montana through the 80s, I rooted for the Niners against him. When he went to KC and I live in KC, I did as well. I'm a huge Montana guy. I had a Montana jersey. He was my favorite player by far. But you know what? In 1994, when the 49ers played the, the Kansas City Chiefs, I was rooting for the 49ers. I'm not rooting for Kansas City. I, I had family members that changed sides, uh, went and became Kansas City fans. That No, no. I mean, I even met J.J. Burden, who was a receiver for him. No, 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 no. No. 49er fan. Uh, I'm not going with players. This isn't basketball. You don't travel to different teams with players. Uh, you you get rooted in a roster, uh, rooted with the team, and whoever comes through, you root for them. And I love that faithfulness. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. Jimmo says, team is stacked. We got either the most or second most uh, top 100 players. It is stacked. Uh, and, you know, when you have young players stepping up, guys like Tano Ufonga, guys like Diameter Lenore, uh, those guys are making big-time plays. And and that is huge. Those are fifth round picks that are stepping up. And now you're going to be, you know, you had Spencer Burford, who's a fourth round pick. He started the entire year at guard. You're going to have another fifth round pick in Jalen Moore starting this week against the Carolina Panthers. 
The 49ers have young guys that are stepping up and making plays. That's all you can ask for your team. So, uh, yeah, you're right. It's stacked. Mr. Corey says, I'm not even a Garoppolo fan, and I'm rooting hard for Enzo for Garoppolo. Yeah, Mr. Corey has definitely not been a Garoppolo fan or a Mike McGlinchey fan. Quick stat for you, Mr. Corey. Mike McGlinchey, five hurries on the season. Actually, not bad. Uh, Traffic says, as ready as I, I was for Trey to be the starter, this gives us more time to prep uh, in the meantime and root for Jimmy. Let's go 49ers. Yeah. I mean, we can't change the circumstances. Trey Lance is hurt. He's not going to be the quarterback until 2023. So, Get behind Jimmy. Root for number 10. Hope that 10 gets all of his bonuses and wins the Super Bowl. Uh, I Why not, right? I mean, why not? I mean, you want to win the Super Bowl. This team is capable. They've got the best defense in the NFL. they got a talented group all around Jimmy. Let's see what they can do. Um, Jimmo says, love Trey, but if we can get Rodgers or Jackson next year, it's over. Ooh, uh, I like when you do that. Siggy says, broke my heart when Montana was traded, but knew he wouldn't keep both. I wanted the Niners to uh, to win, but loved watching Montana do his thing. Yeah, um, Montana is interesting because you know there's a whole thing where they were trying to trade him to the Phoenix Cardinals. He ends up going to the Chiefs, and he did not want to go to the Cardinals. And him and Dwight Clark actually had a falling out because Clark was a part of the part of the front office, and they wanted him to help get him to go to Phoenix because it was a better package. Uh, interesting. Um, he will says looking. Look, uh, loving how this team uh, got the win. Huge play that wowed everyone, uh, even the players. The energy was palpable. Yeah, exactly. Tao Nofunga making a big play. Also, uh, Debo Samuel with a huge run. Those plays, just electricity through the building. I know I felt the electricity watching. It was fantastic. Uh, so I love it. Mr. Corey says, I have the game on VCR tape still. Joe Montana was my dude, and I wanted Young traded, not Montana. But I was rooting hard for the Niners against Kansas City without a second thought yeah oh man those were different times weren't they traffic says yeah we could have seven or eight pro bowlers uh too bad they're not going to be busy are they going to be too busy for the super bowl i love that way to go traffic david campbell says aaron banks is in the hurt business as he folded up donald like an uh origami i like that i had a kid david campbell this is no joke uh so i had twins on my football team one guy's name was anthony beaver and the other guy's name was tony beaver true story uh, but Tony Beaver was on the sidelines and he used to like to give commentary because he was a backup player. Um, but he had, a, I mean, a lot of the guys who were starters were like his big friends. And of course, his brother was a starter too. And one time he, there was a big hit along the sideline. He goes, ah, he got folded like a binder. I never laughed so hard in my whole life. It was so good at the moment. Just fantastic. Paul says, what do you think about going all in on offensive line next year? Nothing else. Um, I don't, I don't think they really have to. I think they're going to have to make some decisions at right tackle. Uh, but you got young players playing well. I mean, you got you got the best left tackle in the in the entire league in Trent Williams. You've got Aaron Banks, who's grading out to be the 15th best guard through the first four games. That's that's good. Spencer Burford has had moments where he's looked really good and moments where he struggled, but he's developing. And then Mike McGlinchey's the big decision at right tackle. And you could go somewhere with center as well with Brendel, but um I don't think the offensive line needs to go all in on. I think there are areas of improvement, uh, but Williams, Banks, and Burford look like guys you can hang around for a while. And if Mike McGlinchey doesn't stay, you've got Colton McKivitz, who's a fifth-round pick, who could plug and play at right tackle. I don't think they're going to go all in. I don't think they're going to spend a lot of money on their offensive line besides Trent Williams. I think that's just kind of how they're going to handle it. Mr. Corey says, drafted Todd Kelly uh, and Dana Stubblefield after the Montana trade. Well, the Davis Stubblefield one worked out for a little while. Uh, he definitely helped that 94 defense. They were fantastic. 
Uh, Mr. Corey saying so long the McGlinchey. Uh, Jimmo says if it wasn't for the Herschel Walker trade, Cowboys would have never been a problem. Young would have won more than Joe. Uh, the Charles Haley trade as well, Jimmy or Jimmo. Uh, the Charles Haley trade shifted the balance of power in the NFC from the 49ers to the Dallas Cowboys because the 49ers struggled with Haley in 92 and 93. And those were teams the 49ers probably could have won without Haley. Those were big. So uh, Juanita says, any predictions for a possible trade the Niners can do at the trade deadline? I have none right now. They have an absolutely stacked roster. I don't expect them to make a move. Um, so I don't think there's going to be a trade on the horizon. Golden Dragon says, in basketball, they would XO you, basically beat you up if you try to start yourself when you aren't better than the starting player. Dumbledore Lenore would get beat up because Womack is the ace. Uh, Golden Dragon's been a firm believer in uh, Samuel Womack, and you know Lenore's been starting the last two games. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. And if it ends up being Verrett, it might not be either one of those guys. Uh, Siggy says, if Jimmy moves on, here it comes. Oh, well, I, I'll root for Jimmy wherever he goes, unless he's playing in Seattle. All right. I'm not I'm not with that. Um, I'm a, I'll be okay with Jimmy. Like, I won't root against him. Um, I mean, I, I won't root for him. I won't root against him, but I, I kind of like the guy. So, uh, yeah. Um, and then Mr. Corey says, Ant, why did you mention Haley helping the Cowboys? Uh, I know it just makes everyone upset, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's frustrating, but it's, it's the history. It, it really is the history and it's unfortunate, but guys, uh, I had a great time on this episode. Thanks so much, everyone, for coming through and interacting. It was an absolute blast. Um, looking forward to doing it again. Of course, the 49ers have a big game this week. I'm excited to, to watch it and to talk about it afterwards. But thank you guys all for coming through. It was a great time. Hope you guys all have a good day. Enjoy the game tonight. Stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.